defining principles of practice in the 21. KBU, TLC, making learning fun. Vision 2023 is our vision. Beyond the chalkboard, making tech a mission. Moodle and Kaltura working while you type. Using tech to change your world is more profound than hype. Expand the learner's mind until the future gives us power. Learn how people use that tech, I'll show you in an hour. Beyond the chalkboard, moving towards a better way to teach you learn to be. Beyond the chalkboard, moving towards a better world, the stars of the TLC. Technic yeah. Hi everyone and welcome to season three of Beyond the Chalkboard. This is episode two. My name is Dr. Gordon Cobb and I'm your educational consultant in educational media. This podcast explores faculty experiences, designing courses for online delivery, and we hope that this can help you to build capacity and uh, innovation for teaching online and for learning how to collaborate and learning how to connect with your students. So today is a very special episode. We are doing a follow-up on our first episode. So in our last time, we talked to Lisa Kadak and Leanne Waddington, who were the creators and the teachers of our Level Up series at KPU, which is the uh, the workshop series that we created to basically prepare all of our instructors for emergency online delivery. And uh, Lisa and Leanne put this program together in record time, and many, many, many instructors came through and did the course. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to talk to a couple of the participants from the Level Up series and get them to reflect upon their experience. So you're going to want to stay and check this out and tune in because it's going to be a really exciting episode indeed. So I am joined today by John Grant and Janice Morris, two of my colleagues at KPU, and I'm going to allow each of them to introduce themselves and tell you which department they work in and why they took the Level Up series. So Janice, uh, would you mind introducing yourselves for our audience? Hi everyone, I'm Janice Morris and I am an English teacher in the faculty of ACP and you might also know me as the festival director of KDOCS. Excellent, and John. Hi everybody, my name is John Grant and I am a fairly new instructor in the Applied Communications and Public Relations Department at KPU. Excellent. So. The first thing that I want to ask the two of you is what kind of experience did you have with online learning before COVID? So Janice, why don't you answer first? Okay, thank you, Gordon. Well, uh, prior to COVID, I had not taught a fully online course at Kwantlen, but I had a fair amount of experience teaching fully online and partially online courses at other institutions. I had used Moodle fairly extensively in my courses at KPU though, prior to um, the, the full pivot online that happened back in the spring of 2020, uh, but not to the extent of really utilizing Moodle as a tool for learning. Um, like I think a lot of my colleagues, I was utilizing many of the functions of Moodle, but really more as a kind of backup or repository for documents and other information that was meant to be supplementary to our face-to-face -face course. So this current fall semester is my first time at Kwantlen teaching a fully online course. 
Wow. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I had never taught online even a little bit before COVID. Like, like most, I think like most faculty, yeah, like most, most teachers yeah. in the world. It was so intense. And, you know, I work at the Teaching and Learning Commons as, uh, at the time I was the educational consultant in teaching with technology, but online delivery wasn't my portfolio. My portfolio was generating media and working with Kaltura and, and those sorts of things. So I think it came quicker to me than it did to some people, only because I had spent so much time thinking about technology and pedagogy, and then I was able to just kind of appropriate what I already knew into uh, teaching online. But it was the pedagogy that I didn't know. And so, uh, you know, thus, that's where Level Up came from. How about you, John? What, what kind of experience did you have before, uh, before COVID teaching online? Re really similar to what both of you have just mentioned. Um, I, I was actually, I had way more experience as a student um, mm -hmm. in an online environment. I did a graduate diploma from SFU many years ago. Um, and it actually was not a very great experience for me. Um, I actually discovered in that program that online learning wasn't my preferred mode of learning. Um, but then I'd also completed a couple of MOOCs, notably around uh, indigenization and, and sort of mm -hmm. awareness in that domain. Um, I had a better experience with those for sure. But I definitely felt really swept up in this whole, uh, I was teaching in the spring uh, when we suddenly were told mm -hmm. we had to convert our courses online in basically a weekend. Um, and so weekend. there was, yeah, yeah there, was, there was a little bit of panic that set in um, where we had to basically finish the semester the last three or four weeks um, had to be done mm -hmm. online. And so um, like Janice had said, I had only used Moodle um, as really almost like a SharePoint site for students, right? right? Where it was like our intranet where I just post lecture notes or slides um, and the course syllabus, but that was really it. And I didn't really have much clue about how to use it either. Um, so yeah, so it was, uh, it was a very eye-opening experience for sure. Yeah, you know, I think we, we could probably have a podcast series that's just like... <laughs> COVID experiences because uh, yes. it's it's been a really dramatic year for everybody in in all all levels of education. Like I've been talking to some of my friends who are in the public school system, and they're like, yeah. "We we are doing our best, but we know we yeah. could be doing better." And I and that's yeah. that's how I felt in that that uh, that transition term. Um, I basically just sort of did. I put I put the needs of my students first, you know, and I thought yeah. like, okay, yes, this is difficult for me, but it's probably way more difficult for my students, especially the international students who are here, mm -hmm. they're living on their own, they're in a house where they have a bedroom where they live with five people they don't know, and they're probably scared. Exactly. So I'm going to make this as easy as I can. So I just got rid of everything that I didn't need in that that was like extraneous in the remainder of that class and i tried to make mm -hmm. it as simple as possible just so that we could all get through it but then i fortunately had the summer term to like to to go and be a part of level up and to learn and to study and to experiment and then this fall it's like it's it's night and day the difference so what i want to ask you guys and, and john maybe i'll ask you first is how did the level up course support your development um, in learning how to deliver your courses online? Well, in short, it turned me from a, a mini Mario to a super Mario, quite <laughs> frankly. Um, 
I, I really didn't know anything about online pedagogy, quite frankly, uh, whatsoever. And so um, in that sort of short weekend I had to try and convert my courses, I did a lot of um, making sure that I was able to try and figure out, like, you know, read some articles and whatnot, just to try and get me over the basics. But it was really rushed and it didn't give me much confidence. And in fact, I didn't really have any confidence um, with what I was delivering. And so I also was going straight into the summer semester with a full-time teaching. Oh. Um, and so I really only had That's about tough. like three weeks maybe in between terms, between, you know, when I finished my marking and when the new term started to kind of rebuild my courses from scratch. And that's, thankfully, I was able to get into the level up right away. I was in the first cohort, actually. Um, and it just, it gave me so much more confidence in terms of giving me some great tools, um, giving me some very basic pedagogy as well, just to try and figure out what are some of the major differences, concerns and considerations as well about um, delivering content online versus say face-to-face. -face. Um, and I mean, there were just so many principles I hadn't really considered before um, that were delivered in a really um, effective way, I would say. Like it was, a, I'm not gonna lie, it felt like a bit of a fire hose um, <laughs> just cause it was like, oh my God, this is all so new and I don't even really know where to start. Um, but uh, Leanne and Lisa were really great in terms of really reinforcing that this was something that enabled us to just pick and choose what we needed and what we wanted and it wasn't intended to say you know you're going to get a credential after this and so you have to master all of this content <laughs> like just take and pick what's important to you. yeah yeah absolutely i i remember i think it was lisa saying or maybe leanne um taking level up is sort of like drinking from a fire hose so you know i i, I completely get your fire hose metaphor there um but yeah, I mean, it was a ton of stuff. And, and like everybody else, I kind of picked and choosed what I needed based on the courses that I teach. Um, but yes, I mean, how lucky are we that they were able to throw that together so quickly? Janice, how about you? How, what, was your, um, what was your experience like um, taking Level Up and how did it help you, prepare you to teach online? It was a really positive experience. It, you know, it, uh, although I don't think I un really understood the ways in which it was a positive experience until after when I was able to reflect. Uh, even though, you know, I, I knew what the course was about going in, you know, I'd read the descriptions and uh, understood that it was a course that was really much more about, um, you know, uh, starting with a kind of strategic pedagogical eye as opposed to, say, a course that was going to teach us specific tactics and techniques. But nonetheless, of course, the minute I, you know, walked into the um, virtual door of the course, there's that drive to, well, how do I do this? And how do I do that? And what about if I have this problem? And what about that problem? And, you know, how do I fix this? And so getting very technical um, and having to, you know, force myself through the course and, and, and the course content and how it was structured um, and, and what was being delivered to really force myself away from that constant need to do and create and make and fix and tweak to really just sit back and kind of start anew. Uh, and by that, I mean, after the first day or, or two, uh, I started to really think more deeply about what I was doing in my face-to-face -face classes. And I started to just reflect on how easy it is to, to become so immersed in what we're doing. Uh, not only our content areas, but 
the actual day-to-day -day ins and outs and various tasks and uh, to, to stop reflecting on the, the pedagogy and stop reflecting on why you're doing what you're doing or how is it that you came to do it this way or is this the best way to deliver um, something and so ironically it, it was the you know the sudden move to to online learning and through the level up course and the various activities and discussions that we had there that I, I started to just really reflect on on all of it and it caused me for the first time in many years to go back and really rethink my my whole approach to what I was doing and why I was doing it and what I really wanted to get out of my time, what I want my students to get out of their time. And so what I really appreciated in the end, although I don't think I did when I first started, was, was that uh, step back into the more strategic, philosophical, you know, underpinnings of what I was doing. And so I really appreciated the chance to, to have those discussions. It forced me to stop and, and read and research and listen and listen some more. And in creating and recreating my online landscape, it, I reflected on, on really all, all of my teaching uh, practices. So that was a, a really unexpected gift for me because I tend to be very, uh, task oriented and tactic oriented and uh, like all of us I was in a you know a little bit of a panic and I wasn't even teaching in the summer and so you know you're in a panic about you know actually executing this project and so for me that was a necessary step so I really appreciated uh, not only the course and the course content but the discussions and for someone a, a personality like mine I, I needed to be to be pushed back a few steps uh, to really stop and appreciate how important that broader view of, of all education is. And, you know, I, I think I'm like a lot of us are guilty of just moving away from that because we're so immersed in our in our day to day tasks that we we forget to reflect on what we're doing and why we're doing it that way. So for me, Level Up was not only a great learning experience in terms of its specific content, but it was an opportunity for me to, in the midst of all the, the, the craziness and the pressure of COVID, it was an opportunity to, um, in some ways, start anew. It, it, it's, that's such a great answer. And, you know, it, it makes me, uh, it reminds me of when I did my master's degree and I moved to England to go to the London College of Music. Yeah. And I remember, oh, yeah, it was an amazing experience. <laughs> I moved to England for a year to do this program. And I remember telling my mom, like, I just, I'm, I'm going to learn so much about Europe by going to England. <laughs> and, you know, I yeah. got there and what I realized, the sort of the, the profound insight that I had was that I actually learned so much about Canada by living in England. <laughs> You know, yeah. because you take yourself out of out of what's comfortable or, or out of your normal context, and it gives you an opportunity to see things mm -hmm. from a different perspective. And you learn so much more about who you are when you're not home. 
And so COVID has kind yeah. of like sent all of us to England. I mean, I wish. I wish it sent us <laughs> yeah. to England. We're, we're all, yeah, we're all metaphorically. I, I wish we yeah. could all have been doing this from, from England or maybe the Bahamas or we could take one of those Barbados. Yeah, Hawaii. Would Hawaii, be nice. yeah. yes, <laughs> for sure. Why didn't I do a master's degree in Hawaii? But, you know, so, you know, what you're saying really hits home with me because it's done the same thing for me too. Like, I thought I was a pretty good teacher and I still, I still do think I'm a pretty good teacher, but having to learn how to repackage these courses that I've taught mm -hmm. so many times has made me have to renegotiate how I approach them and, and, and uh, redesign my pedagogy. And even when we go back yeah. to, to, you know, live classes in class with students, um, there are things that I'm doing now that I'm going to continue to do. And in fact, yeah, I'm going to try too. and take a lot of my courses that I normally teach live and try and make them um, blended to, to give my right. students more, like less time on campus. And I know that they're going to yeah. love that. You know, like if I can do a lot of stuff asynchronously, yeah. I'm going to do that. And, um, you know, it's yeah. better for the environment because you're not using as much gas to drive to work. You're... Um, Less, Less paper. paper, more time at home, because like <laughs> I live in Vancouver, so I'm yeah. always driving to Surrey or Langley. So, you know, less time traveling, more flexibility, more flexibility better yeah. mental health. So yeah. there's going to be a lot of benefits that, that are going to kind of emerge out of this crazy time. And, you know, so thank you, Perspective. Thank you for taking us out of our zone. Yeah. Be on the chalk. Be on the chalkboard. This leads me sort of to my next question because we're thinking about, you know, reflections and, and profound moments. Um, John, maybe I'll ask you first, what were your mm -hmm. three top takeaways from Level Up or the three biggest ideas or the three biggest insights that you had when you were taking Level Up? For sure. The, the biggest one for me was um, flexibility. And that actually largely came through into, and I'm going to kind of mash these together a little bit. It won't be a clean three list, but um, flexibility was huge. And that actually tied in with universal design for learning mm -hmm. UDL um, and my whole approach to that. And so um, much like what was just discussed, I actually used this, forced myself in some ways to use this as an opportunity to really optimize my courses for, uh, from a UDL perspective. So. I gave students um, multiple modes of engaging with content. I recorded videos. I also had written notes, like almost like a transcript um, for all of those videos. Plus, I had lecture slides as well. So, you know, there are a minimum of three different ways. I included multiple different types of activities, whether that be discussion forums or just different tools in general. Um, that I was able to leverage. Um, I also included things like weekly quizzes, which I'd never done before um, to try and chunk up the content. And so um, I had incredibly positive feedback from my students as a result of that. So that would be my, my one big, big takeaway. Um, the second one for me was actually recognizing that flexibility is good and it's important. However, it also needs to be managed. And what I mean by that is that I actually designed my course so that students could literally go through whenever they wanted and they could complete it essentially at their own pace. Um, so I would publish two, three modules at once, like two, three weeks roughly at one time. And students would theoretically have an ability to go through that at their own pace. Um, and there were, you know, quizzes and discussion forums and such. 
Um, but what I found was students actually pushed back and they said, this isn't working because we're not disciplined enough to pace ourselves. So what's happening is we're just leaving it all to the last minute and then rushing to get it all done. And so, and so what I did is I actually instituted regular weekly feedback. I just built it into as a, a weekly, like non-graded quiz um, feedback form essentially into Moodle. And this is where I gleaned a lot of this information that students were actually more stressed because there was too much flexibility in the course. So from then on, I actually instituted weekly deadlines on various aspects, whether it be quizzes or discussion forums, etc. Yeah, great answers, great answers. How about you, Janice? Well, you know, at the risk of repeating a lot of what John just said, I, I had a very similar experience. Um, probably my biggest takeaway or initial takeaway that probably then framed everything else going forward was just the, the reminder that I, I guess I really needed to uh, start first by asking, you know, what, what, what do I want the outcomes to be? You know, what are the learning outcomes? And you know, this is something that all teachers, of course, think about and plan around. But uh, you know, if I were to, if someone were to ask me, you know, well, what are the precise learning objectives of uh, this course that you're teaching or that course? Uh, I realized, you know, it'd been a really long time since I had revisited, you know, the official course outlines, for example, um, my you know, my own syllabi and how I translated that outline through my own syllabi. Um, and so I really, you know, I, I took to heart the the basic core message uh, uh, the, uh, that I got from Level Up, which was, you know, if you want to begin, start at the end. And so I, I really, again, and this was some, you know, a necessary step for me because I think maybe like a lot of teachers, we, we know our content so well we, we feel strongly about what works and what doesn't work. And so, and over 10, 12, 15 years or more, it, what, we don't really think about things like learning objectives and learning outcomes. And so I really went back and revisited those and then held those up as a kind of uh, blueprint or schematic or flowchart or you know, whatever metaphor you appreciate um, through which to then view everything I, I was doing. So that was a big takeaway for me. And it forced me again to just go back and, and really reinvest in my own courses and why I was doing what I was doing um, uh, from an, an outcome, you know, a desired outcome perspective. Uh, also, like John, the, the other big takeaway for me was also uh, around UDL and slash flexibility slash multiple modes of delivery. And so uh, I had to, you know, I spent a lot of time really mapping out for myself what, well, what did I think that uh, would work and really then almost questioning myself every step of the way. Why do I think this will work? You know, or is this just what I feel comfortable with? Is this what I'm used to? Is this because this is something I sort of already have prepared? Like, is it easier? Because of course, you know, for all of us, there was this veil of panic and pressure over top of everything and you're scrambling. So, you know, everything is a balance and a trade-off. You know, do I have time to, to actually produce the things I want to produce, which I'm also learning to master myself. So yeah, I, I found it beneficial to, um, you know, week to week to have not only multiple modes of delivery, but to make those modes consistent. So for example, uh, I tended uh, not to impose on my students a mandated day and time when we would have a live class. 
for example. That didn't mean we didn't have live classes, but I scheduled them as we went. So there, nobody was held to like, you know, every Monday at 10 o'clock, we're going to meet at this time. Um, so what I did is I recorded my lectures, typically voiceover PowerPoint, um, so that individual slides could be taken in and out. I found that really flexible. And then I would also make videos, you know, um, that I guess were of me, you know, lectures. Then when we did have live classes, I would record those. So I would be consistent with the mode for each item. So weekly lectures were typically all recorded in the same mode, you know, um, assignments, you know, came with the same structures. When we had online discussions, the structures would be consistent week to week to week. And I think the students appreciated that in the sense that they understood as the weeks went on, or once we got past the first few weeks and we everybody had a taste of everything, they started to then know almost in a kind of Pavlovian way, oh, like this is what we do when we do an online, you know, uh, discussion, or this is, you know, what I have to do, I have to listen to this lecture in this way, or I'm being asked to give feedback on this in this way. So the tasks became predictable, but then week to week, of course, the content of the tasks was changing. And so there was flexibility there. And I think on some level, I think for most students, that kind of predictability, while at the same time, uh, accessing course content through multiple modes, I, I believe they, they appreciated. Um, and so, you know, because I, I teach, you know, a lot of, you know, academic writing, uh, and it's such a skills-based endeavor, the weeks build on each other. So it's very scaffolded. So you do have to be very careful about workload, um, because if they're not engaging in, you know, week four, then weeks five and six are, are just going to be exponentially more difficult. And so, you know, like John's students, a lot of it came down to student engagement. And I'm not going to lie, I think that's the biggest challenge that I have faced. I also work with a lot of qualifying students. So they are not only new to university, but they perhaps, for the most part, many of them lack any university experience. So not only do they have um, issues maybe or are still learning about time management but the other piece is project management and so I tended not to upload multiple weeks at a time I just did one week at a time but still you know Monday morning if you will uh, you know they would for those that were checking in early in the week they would sort of just see kind of like you know a chunk of work a bunch of tasks and so that ability to kind of be handed a box of work and then have to, in your own way, in a self-directed way, piecemeal that out, for many of them was incredibly difficult. So for me, the other really important takeaway was to provide, you know, what you might call like sort of the paratext. So weekly, you know, every week starting with an overview video where I would take them actually through the week in Moodle on screen and talk to them mm -hmm. and give them not only an overview, but also advice. And then, you know, detailed to-do lists. Most students really like the to-do list. They also like the activity completion tracking. Um, so this is, you know, another way for them to stay on track. And like John, a weekly feedback tool and also a weekly summary um, of everything that they've covered that week. Um, and so these are, you know, for me, were the, the, the constant tools that I've been using throughout the semester. Not without challenges, of course. Uh, I do think the biggest challenge is okay. it comes from student engagement and, and that, that self-directedness that so many are learning. And, and so knowing that, you know, I, uh, 
I, all we can do is really just make ourselves available and really uh, provide opportunities, multiple modes of opportunity for students to engage and to, as John said, be flexible. But at the same time, part of what we are teaching is project management, which means there, there will be deadlines. Uh, and, uh, but that also means working with the student to meet deadlines and, and what does a deadline mean and how do we do that, which also then links to communication skills and, mm -hmm. and all of those other um, soft skills outside of the content of the course. And so interestingly enough, the online environment really forces a student, you know, I, I kind of joke with my students, in a way you cannot hide in an online class. You know, in a face-to-face -face class, if, if you're having a bad day or maybe you haven't, you know, prepared for class today, you can come to class and maybe you can sit there for an hour or two and you can sort of, you know, Days. silently slip out. <laughs> but in the online environment, you know, here are the tasks, they're due, and they're either going to be complete or they're not going to be complete. You know, you're either participating in the discussion or you're not participating in the discussion. So um, those project management skills, uh, I think, it is more obvious to students that they have to hone these skills when they are in an online environment than perhaps when they are in the face-to-face -face environment. Be on the chalk. Be on the chalkboard. I, I mean, I, we could probably talk for hours about our experiences, um, you know, <laughs> days. But maybe let's um, let's simplify in in a succinct way. And I'm going to ask each of you to think about you know all the courses that you've taught and what is like one sort of powerful learning moment that you've had as a teacher. Um, actually implementing these new courses? For me, like you say, Gordon, there's a whole list, but really I think the biggest one was around simplification. Um, and mm -hmm. that was really stripping down my course to figure out what is absolutely necessary. And I know we touched, touched on this earlier, um, but also then thinking about how can I then structure and build the course in a way that's gonna be easy for students to go through. And I've delivered okay. my courses asynchronously, and that was very intentional because I know a lot of my students were overseas um, and the time zone was just gonna be really horrendous. Or I've even been shocked at how many students are working full-time and studying yeah. full-time. Like, yeah. and I don't know where they figure this magical extra time is gonna come from, but for a lot of them, I think they just haven't had a choice yeah. because a lot of their families mm -hmm. um, that are overseas, especially those students from India, a lot of their families were in lockdown and the government was not like the Canadian right. government. They were not providing subsidies mm -hmm. um, yeah. and such. Yeah. And so the students all of a sudden were like financially isolated um, and they mm -hmm. certainly weren't expecting that. And so I really tried to, much like Janice was, come, come across with a more empathetic approach um, be as flexible as possible. But also what I did is, as I said, I, I chunked everything into weekly modules and I tried to make those mm -hmm. modules as clear as possible. And even though I thought it was very clear, um, I asked a, a bonus question on my midterm that asked students, um, you know, give me one specific thing that should be done differently in the course um, that would help yeah. improve it for the rest of the semester. And you'd actually be surprised not everyone answered, even though it was a bonus mark question, but <laughs> the vast majority did and there was some consistency in that students said even though you've made it easy and i can see it's just like read this do this do this do this um it's it looks overwhelming 
because it's it's yeah. a long list. It's the box exactly. of work. Exactly. Right? And so what I <laughs> Monday totally, morning exactly. box of work. And so what I did <laughs> is I actually took advantage of H5P and I self-taught myself um, how to create relatively simple H5P elements. And I actually converted my lessons and all of their stuff, including readings and such. I actually built that into um, H5P modules essentially or, or exercises mm -hmm. um and mm -hmm. so it actually decreased the number of links that i had on a page by at least 50 to 60 mm -hmm. percent and what it also did is it wove in a better narrative between the different elements so that students could actually better understand how this reading connects with this reading or or you know how this five minute video where i'm talking about this topic connects with this other six minute video that talks about mm -hmm. a different topic or a similar topic and again, I, I thought I had kind of woven those together well, but it wasn't done well enough, clearly. And so H5P gave me a little bit more of an ability to create it more like a presentation or a storyboard where mm -hmm. it, it still wasn't necessarily one chunk of, you know, a 60 minute video recording. Um, but maybe they were 10 different recordings at six minutes each or something like that, that were then strung mm -hmm. together in a way that made sense to my students. And so I had some really positive feedback about that. And, you know, so a lot of it is, I, I would say to any instructors who are going to venture into this realm for the first time, or, you know, they want to do something a little bit different and go online, um, I'd say just be really prepared to challenge yourself. And that was a lot of the yeah. feedback that I had from my students was, you know, a lot of my other professors are not doing this stuff. Like they're just, it's like they're just delivering it as if we're face to face. They literally put up lecture yeah. notes um, and they tell us to kind of go read those and do so. Now those were the extreme cases, um, but I, I could tell that my students could see that I was trying really hard. Um, and I mm -hmm. think that that was a, like, that was probably the biggest takeaway was it was reassuring for me to know that those double hours that I was putting in, which they were definitely double hours, um, oh, yeah. they were at least being acknowledged and recognized by my students. So funny you say that because <clears throat> one of the ways that I develop a relationship, like a really good, strong relationship with my students is I always say to them, um, I'm going to work just as hard in this course as you do. You know, like you think this course is a lot of work? Know that behind the scenes, I'm working just as hard as you because that's my job is to it's work that time. hard for you. And yeah. this conversation just reminds me so much about why I love working at KPU because we're a small university and we're a teaching focused university. And I'm at KPU mm -hmm. because I love being a teacher, not because I'm a researcher. And so it's, it's, um, it's, it's great to have a conversation with two colleagues who understand what a beautiful and magical and important job being a teacher is, you know. We're, we're not just we're not just like delivering information and passing down information. We're actually teaching people how to be in the world. And mm -hmm. you know, the the, the yeah. And that's something that students often don't recognize until they are long right. under the yeah. course. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and so one of the perhaps, you know, thankless parts of of the job is that when students have those those moments of growth or uh, the epiphany or the revelation uh you're off you're not going to be there to see it or hear about it and every now and again you get a little gift from the universe where something you know a student comes back to you and you, you know you do get that feedback but you know that's part of what we have to you know as professionals we have to remind ourselves that these these aren't these uh, these moments are happening um but 
and we are no different. Some, you know, we don't know that we've had a, a moment of growth until we're yeah. able to reflect on it. And our students are no different. It's not maybe going to happen yeah. in these 13 weeks. For sure. I, I also but I it just want to add really quickly, too, that I think that what this has also helped me recognize is that it what we're teaching and instructing goes well beyond the learning outcomes of the course. We are teaching empathy. We're mm -hmm. teaching compassion. We're teaching all of these things that... Um, and modeling, I should say, maybe more than teaching, it's more modeling, I think, mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. we want our students to be taken into the workplace. We want to see more of in the workplace. We, we want to see less yes. of the, we expect you to work 16 hour days and to meet all these crazy deadlines <laughs> and to stress yourself to the max and yeah. yada, 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 it goes on. That, one of the big reasons why I left my, my past role as an administrator is I just, the volume was insane. And, mm -hmm. um, and so I think that that's huge. Cause I know a lot of students have said to me, like, we really appreciate that you listen to us, you hear us, you make accommodations, you know, you're, you're flexible with certain deadlines, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, and my hope is, and I often say to them, I want you to pay this forward. If I've done you a favor in this class, which I often will do for mm -hmm. a lot of students, I want you to pay this forward. And I want you to remember this. And I want you to do that for someone else in the future. Be on the chalk. Be on the okay, well, let's wrap this one up. I'm going to maybe just ask you uh, quickly to give me, um, I don't know, one wish for the future um, of teaching and learning development at KPU. What's one thing that you would really like to see happening uh, or to happen in the future from the point of view of teaching and learning and the development of teaching and learning at KPU? Who, who'd like to go I, first? I wouldn't mind going first because I'm really passionate about this idea. Um, and, okay. and it was actually introduced to me um, in the level up and just in terms of a concept or an idea. Um, and that's the flipped classroom. Um, I would love mm -hmm. to see that being adopted as a, a university-wide approach to our, our teaching and our learning um, and our pedagogy in general of really allowing students to do, much like you were saying earlier, Gordon, allowing students to do a lot of the work on their own at home or, or wherever they want, whenever they want, um, pre-recording some lecture components, et cetera, and then bringing them into the classroom and using it primarily as experiential learning time, okay. where really the majority of what they're doing, it's not lecture, it's not listening to any of us, you know, dictate anything or engage them that way but it's about helping them work through activities real world problems um reusable yeah. assignments like all of those pieces mm -hmm. that i i know i've always like really wanted to do um but pre-covid it didn't really cross my mind as to how i could do it um but i feel quite confident now that once we have an ability to physically go back into classrooms um i would love to just keep recording you know most of my lectures i'd say 75 percent of my lectures maybe record them um, assign that as the pre-reading almost for class um, and then have students come into class and we actually work on activities and problem solving together yeah 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 and f for me too i I'd, I'd never heard of the flipped classroom before um, I dove into the level up um, materials. I was kind of doing it, but I just didn't know I was doing it until I knew it was a thing. And then I was like, oh, I kind of do that. So yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think it's um, a great- I do it, but the difficulty is getting students to actually mm. do yeah. the, 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 the home right. work. Yeah. 
you know, uh, it's, you know, when, <laughs> you have, uh, and again, I think it really depends on the level of student you're working with. Yeah. Um, uh, working with a lot of qualifying students, that is a really difficult hurdle. So you end yeah. up with a lot of students coming to class who just haven't prepared for class. Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah. that, so then it's like, well, now we got to read this in class, like if we're actually going to have an activity. So yeah. I would love for someone to teach me how to. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> Well, there's there's no one way for all courses, right? Like no, maybe, there isn't. yeah, for sure. And it's how, a challenge. So how about you? Um, how about you, Janice? Anything? Uh, well, I love John's idea, so I I'm going to actually not propose an idea from inside the classroom, but I have a proposal to the university that um, that all faculty be given one time release in their year, so an eighth one eighth time release where they can uh, dedicate their time to actually uh, professional development and honing their own skills in, in maintaining these extremely useful and profitable environments that we're working to create. Uh, and so, for example, if a teacher wanted to utilize, you know, um, you know, uh, H5P or something like that, that they could actually take a course and put, and actually have paid time that they could put toward that. Um, and there can be all kinds of outcomes and stipulations that we put around it. Um, but I, I would love to see dedicated time and time release put toward faculty and staff uh, learning and professional development uh, around all the various tools in teaching and learning that might be available to us so that we're not just learning on the fly so that everything is not off the side of your desk that you know we're not playing catch up uh, that we actually become proficient in these technologies and modes of delivery and really become uh, you know agents of of teaching and learning change and progression um, and not uh, you know perhaps feel so much more, you know it's but it's less transactional and more strategic more pedagogical that we actually become part of the strategy and starting to create uh, a new future for ourselves um, where we all become experts in the things we want to be experts in and i would love to see the university invest in that in a real tangible way through time release and and just to yeah, that's build a... on that quickly like my i think a yeah a micro credentialing program for faculty could be amazing yeah. where you know we even get like the little badges on moodle that show you know that we've there's all we've kinds done an of ways that we can make it real and like i just think that would be mm -hmm. really cool yeah mm -hmm. great ideas indeed well, that's a wonderful place to leave it, and I'm glad that we were able to bring it back to Level Up, and I've just immensely enjoyed this conversation with the two of you. Um, this is the first time I've really talked with both of you before. Mm -hmm. I know that we've met online or, uh, you know. I know you from the internet. Yes, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and your podcast, but, of course. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Yes, of course, the podcast, okay. yeah, of which you are now stars. So uh, get ready to sign some autographs because <laughs> you're going to be famous. Well, I've been practicing while you were talking. I've been practicing. <laughs> oh, well, it's just been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. I just love Thank what you. you guys do and, and who you are at KPU. And uh, I hope that you enjoy the rest of the level, uh, the level up. I hope you enjoy the rest <laughs> of this podcast series. And thanks for giving me some of your very precious time. I know how busy we all are right now. But um, it was a real pleasure to hang with you guys for for an hour and talk about my favorite thing in the world, which is teaching. Likewise.
Me too. Yeah. Me too. Okay. Thanks very much, you I'm going to find a way. Maybe my online teaching is going to finally allow me to be Barbara Walters <laughs> and actually talk to people for a living and interview people for a living. Yeah. You know, wouldn't that be the, the big irony of all of this is that I end up in my childhood dream That would be awesome. All. Just talking for a living? <laughs> yes. Well, there you go. If you can dream it, you can make it happen. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. Uh, we're already doing it right now. <laughs> we are. Yes, we are. Okay, well, thanks a lot, you guys. Thanks, Thank Courtney. You. Take care. Okay. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Defining principles of practice in the 21. KBU, TLC, making learning fun. Vision 2023 is our vision. Is our vision. Chalkboard, making tech a mission. Moodle and Kalachura working while you type. Using tech to change your world is more profound than hype. Expand the learner's mind until the future gives us power. Learn how people use that tech. I'll show you in an hour. Be on the chalkboard, moving towards a better way to teach you learn to be. Be on the chalkboard, moving towards a better world. The stars of the TLC. Wallabally Tech University.